Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Market Outlook Open House. Before we get going, I'd like to remind you that the presentation is for educational purposes only. We're not broker deals or financial advisors, and we're not making any specific trade recommendations. Also, please be aware that your risk in trading options is substantial. Please make sure you are aware of all your risks prior to placing any trades. Also note that if we show any trades and results in the presentation, please consider them to be hypothetical computer simulated trades and the results. Maybe believed to be as accurately represented as possible. Keep in mind that live results can vary from simulated results for many different reasons. Welcome, everybody, to our open house for Market Outlook. And just to talk a little bit about Market Outlook, just to help you gain a better understanding about the process that we're using and so forth. Market Outlook is about much more than me telling you where I think the market's likely to go over the next weeks and months. Market Outlook is about you becoming educated in the powerful process that I use to train top traders and fund managers how to make the most intelligent and highest probability decisions so that they can consistently position themselves in a way where they're most likely to create the highest profits with the least amount of risk based on what's currently happening in the marketplace. If you follow this process, you will eventually be able to gain your own full understanding of how the market tends to behave and then apply that understanding to whatever type of trading you prefer doing, whether that trading be investing or directional trading or volatility trading or my personal favorite, positive theta income trading. Understand that top traders and investors, many of them, will actually reveal the trading strategies and rules that they use to be profitable. Well, at the same time, if you look at what they actually have traded to become profitable, they often don't follow their own rules. Warren Buffett's a very good example of this. He has this, I mean, he's very public about what he does, but yet when you see his best trades and the things that have actually made him the most money, he's not following the rules that he's telling you that, that he has. This is because you need to be discretionary in the way that you trade. This happens because top traders like Warren Buffett and, and of course, many, many others have learned through experience that you're not going to maximize your profits by blindly following some set of rules and hoping that those rules are going to fit all situations that happen to be in the marketplace. Instead, in order to maximize their trade and the, the probabilities and their returns, what they're going to do is they're going to modify their rules based on the situation. They understand that certain rules and indicators and relationships that may be appropriate for many situations will often be detrimental in some situations. And these traders know when to apply certain procedures and they know when to avoid those procedures. That's what makes people great traders. And that's also what will make you a great trader. In the same context, we have these wonderful non-subjective strategies that we teach in the Go membership and, and we have programs for. And these are strategies that have great track records over time. However, if you were to look at the way that I actually trade to produce the type of results that we see year after year in the pro membership now, I'm often in violation of trade rules of our basic non-subjective strategies. This is because I've learned to understand the situation that we're trading in a way that allows me to know which rules are most appropriate to apply in a specific situation, as well as which rules should be avoided in that specific situation.
After all, this is what trading or being a trader is all about. It's not about following rules and hoping everything is going to be okay. It's about understanding what's going on in the marketplace and trading the situation accordingly. And the keys to understanding the situation are included right here in the weekly lessons of the Market Outlook. And our members have full access to all our past sessions. I believe we're, we've got to be pushing close to 200 past sessions now. And if you go back and you're a member and you take a look at those sessions, you can gain great insights on how to do this very process. And just going to mention that membership is open right now for a limited time. If you're attending the open house as a non-member, we encourage you to start and join the process today. So let's get started with Market Outlook. We do have questions, uh, a question in the form here. Before we do that, I'm just going to jump into talking about the SPX from last week. So as you know, the last few weeks, we've been talking about how that we're going to break our downtrend line. And then last week after downtrend line, we were talking, discussing that we would come down into this zone here and reverse at some point or most probable, right? So we don't know necessarily what's going to happen in the marketplace, but we have our most probable moves. We can set up if then ladders with our process to decide what to do with our trading strategies. So here, uh, our thought was that we would break down, we come back down into this zone somewhere and likely reverse in this zone. So um, I talked to some people or I've had some questions on, geez, how do you know that, right? So one of the things that some people might look at, this was last a week ago, Friday, not last Friday, but a week ago, Friday. And you know, short term, we have a, we have a pivot low here on, what's this day, the 10th. We had the market that came down. We broke that pivot low. We put in what most people call a bullish candle, a hammer. And we closed over the support level. And some people will say, well, geez, that's, that's bullish. And yet I was saying that I saw this as a breakdown. Uh, or I saw this as the market was going to come down and test this zone. And you're correct if you're said, well, this is a bullish candle at a support level, and therefore the market should be up. But you have to understand, or what you want to do is you have to understand the context of the whole picture. Okay. So the whole picture here is that we're coming up into a major resistance zone, and we're going to pull back off that resistance zone. We also have a longer-term trend line. Now, horizontal support and resistance areas are more important than, than trend lines. They're more powerful. Also, another thing that's maybe a little bit more significant are our longer-term horizontals being more powerful than shorter-term. So we have the overall context. We're likely to be in a sideways market. We have a somewhat of a overextension coming into a longer term resistance zone. And now we're dealing with a shorter term support level. You would expect, okay, or the probabilities are going to lie with a larger pullback than just pulling back 
to trend line here. We're going to likely break trend line, which we talked about. We did break trend line. And usually when you break trend line, what happens is uh, the most powerful move or the like most likely powerful move is to come up into the backside of this trend line and then roll back over to the downside or not go at all and just continue down. And that was the case here, right? So our longer term timeframes are telling us that we're going to get a deeper pullback than this. And where would that pullback go? Well, it should go either to our more primary uptrend line, which is in here, or our downtrend line, which is right in here. And you can see that we came in, we came into the zone that we expected. We penetrated it intraday. So uh, one of the things I want to talk about is time frame is extremely important. If you're trading a, a weekly strategy and you see the penetration of this intraday, this is not, and this kind of leads back out to the reversal question, this kind of, uh, or the question that we have for the topic today, this happening intraday does not affect my thesis that this trend line is likely to reverse the market. We have intraday moves. It's like on a weekly chart. If you're looking at a, uh, a long-term chart and you're a long-term investor and you're looking at a weekly or monthly chart, your dailies will exceed your support and resistance levels that you're doing. But generally, the week or the month is going to close at or above the level. We have the same thing here. We have an intraday penetration, but then we have the closing market comes in, comes in and, and holds trend line for us. Okay. So our thesis here is still intact during the day, even though we're underneath this level, because this is a time frame. If I'm trading a daily strategy or if I'm trading a weekly strategy, I'm looking at a smaller time frame to determine what's going on in the marketplace. I'm not looking at this, not worried about this intraday. So we want to use the chart, the proper chart time frame of the of what we're trading, and we want to understand um, that part of it because we don't want to be freaked out of trades, our longer term trades because of a intraday penetration in the marketplace. That wouldn't really make any sense, okay? So I just wanted to just talk about that a little bit. So anyway, from here, if we start looking at most probable movements, our most probable movement is, so in the longer term context, and we talked about this earlier, so let's just go to a three year. The market's in a sideways range from uh, right up in here about 43.37 all the way down into where we put our swing low, which is 34.80. We're basically in the middle of that range. Usually when you have a wide range like this, you're going to have a pivot area. Our pivot area is basically in here at about 3,900. Okay, so let's just talk about a normal move in the market, a normal move in the market down at 3,500. Well, one of the things you want to pay attention when you have a wider range, and this and this shifts to other time frames, right? So I can go to a 90-day time frame or an hourly time frame, and I can see more narrow ranges and different pivot points. I can go to a monthly, and I might see a wider range and a wider pivot point. Okay, so here, 
in this time frame, we have a wide range. We have a pivot point area or the or an area where the market tends to reverse, which is right here. And we're just taking, oh yeah, look, you know, we close here. We use that as a support. We use it as resistance. It broke out. We use it as a support. It broke down. We use it as a resistance. It broke out. And then it kind of got a little bit of messy here. Uh, but we know that this area here is what we would call a pivot area. So a normal move on our dailies is going to be a, a completely normal move is going to be down to like 3,900. And that move may still come into play in the longer term. As a matter of fact, I would almost expect it to come into play in the longer term. In the shorter term, we have this downtrend line or downtrend area, which is different depending on how you look at it. So one of the things is I'm looking at it this way. I have other drawings in here, for example, like I have my all clear. And this is what I have in my all clear. Like if we, if we take away everything and I go off of, of more closing prices, which is an also another way to analyze things, and we can analyze it more easily if we come into here and we do um, a different style of chart, like an area chart, for example. which you want to be aware of. This is just basically the closing prices. If I run my downtrend line on my area chart, this is what I have. This is the breakout of my downtrend line and the retest of my downtrend line has not yet happened. Okay. Um, these are just other lines I had in there. Uh, the uptrends, don't worry about those for now, but this is basically our downtrend line on closing prices. And again, we're looking for a, a compilation of evidence in our technicals. We're going to see the market one way, but you want to see, want to be aware of what the weekly traders are looking at. You want to be aware of what the hourly traders are looking at. You want the daily traders. You want the guys who are looking at Fibonacci levels, the guys that are looking at different types of support levels, horizontal, diagonal. You want to know what they're looking at. Uh, and, and when everything compiles together, we get something that's very strong. When everything is different, we, hit, we get ranges, and this is one of those cases where we get ranges. So if we look at this here, and I go to back to my candle chart, the move down, you know, at, at closing prices, we see the trend line down a little bit lower. My point being is there's a little bit of variability in that. And then we know our main horizontal support's about 30, 30, uh, 3,900. So for this to pull down into 3,900 sometime during the week would actually fairly makes sense in that context, okay? With that in mind, I'm going to talk to you about what I believe is the most likely move here. And I'm going back to my other drawing. And my our most likely move is we're going to try and bounce this. We'll probably test the backside of this trend line and then roll back over and then likely test the 3,900 area. That is... Um, that's my thought on most likely price movement. Now, as we're doing this, we have a certain amount of information. As we're trading, we're going to have new information come into the marketplace. If, and this is where we set up our if-then ladders, if this bounces close solidly over trend line, that changes things. Okay, so new information coming into the market changes things. So my initial... Here, most probable is coming up to here. 
pulling back down, retesting this here, and then maybe bouncing or coming down to the 3,900 and bouncing. I do believe we're going to hold the top half of this level if that happens. Second most probable scenario here is we bounce close solidly over this trend line and then come back into and retest this zone back up in here and then come back and retest this trend line again. Okay, so those are the two most likely scenarios to happen in the marketplace. And then, of course, if we happen to crash under 3,900 here, then we're coming back to retest these swing lows. So those are, like I said, the, the scenarios that you want to watch to play out, and you plan your trading around that. Now, the question that we have here for today comes into um, – on the topic of reversals, are there any indications you can look for when the market hits support or resistance that there will be consolidation versus an immediate reversal? Um, oh, okay. He's actually showing a picture. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to pay attention to your shorter-term charts. Like we've talked about this multiple times in the past, right? So we're, you're looking at uh, what's going on here. And it's hard to decipher what's going on, but when you go into a uh, a shorter term time frame, you can kind of see what's happening. So just even on this time frame here, actually, let me go into. So even here, for example, and this is going to be in your show, and this is going to be an, an up down reversal. So what we have here, this is a longer term, but you can see the process is the same, whether you're looking at a five-minute chart, an hourly chart, or a um, daily or a, or a weekly or a monthly. The process is exactly the same, but I can go down into a shorter time frame and I can watch this. So I have this uptrend going on here, and that's this line right in here. You'll get an increase in speed in the uptrend, which is normal. We get a breakout of our horizontal we come down we retest our horizontal and we retest our uptrend line this would be normal bullish behavior right there's nearly no indication of a reversal here then we bounce that which would be normal if it's normally bullish we're going to take out a swing high here then continue higher retest trend line and then continue higher that doesn't happen we break down trend line. Normal behavior, if I break down trend line, I held horizontal, okay? Normal behavior, if I break down trend line, is I come back, retest the backside of the trend line, and can come back and retest a um, retest this again. Or, and in this case here, I'm retesting horizontal, I'm retesting um, diagonal support. So this is still bullish behavior it's just not as bullish and this is also what we would call like a flag pattern right so or or a wedge you can call it we come up here we have a triangle or in this case a descending triangle pattern that comes into play right so if you look at this at different contexts you have a descending triangle pattern coming into play then you, what should happen is it should bounce and break our new downtrend line which is kind of coming into play here that doesn't happen we have a failure of horizontal failure of trend line. That is an indication we're going down to our, if we're in an uptrend, that's an indication we're going down to our next 
important trend line. And we're probably going to try and bounce that, which we did try and bounce, but we failed. We failed that. And now we have a longer term downtrend line that we're going to come down and test. Okay. And then um, that's the most likely scenario. And then we're probably going to bounce that area. And again, if we look at our other chart where we draw our lines based off of intraday ranges versus closes, we've already tested that. And then from there, we're in kind of in a decision point in the marketplace where a downtrend or sideways trend is going to retest the backside of the trend line and then we retest this. And then sometimes we'll go into like a broadening pattern um, when we start to get a, a wider range or sometimes we'll break down. But we'll have to see as new information comes in the marketplace how that plays out. But that's a typical reversal. Um, once you start this process, you want to monitor. So we so, um, see what I can go into here. And let me go back out. Let me see if I'm here. I didn't have any lines in here. But um, one of the things I'm doing, let me see if I can go back in time, maybe a little bit more here. Let's see if I have any. I didn't draw anything out. But what you want to do is you're gonna is you're gonna come in here and you'll see this, like we were talking about here, you'll see this play out. You'll see you'll see the reversal playing out. So you come in and you see the reversal playing out. And what you what we're going to do is is like we've had in past sessions, and I, I don't have time to go over this today, but what we're going to do is we're going to monitor the reversal. So we're going to have a uh, a case for the downside. We're going to have a case for the upside, and then we are going to watch what's going on. Right. So uh, let's see. Here is. I'm just trying to see if I can find a a good example, but you we have we have this breakdown here. So go to the ninety. We have this breakdown here. If this is going to take off to the upside. Right, so we have this reversal. It's coming down. It's coming down into this range. This is going to take off to the upside. What happens is we complete the U on our short-term charts. We complete the U. We might have a up a, to like a 30% pullback off of that U, and then we're going to break out higher. That tells us, that gives us a price pattern that sets in, and that tells us once we have the price pattern, that tells us that the market's coming up into here, right? And that's going to be more like a V reversal type of thing. And you're going to see that on um, you'll you'll see that on your shorter term charts. If the market's going to run sideways or if it's going to consolidate, you'll see this here. You can see this cup and handle set in. You can see the cup and handle breakout. You can see the failure at the resistance level. You can see we come back down, test support again. We start to get a cup and handle. Um, we're not coming back up into here, right? You, you can see it's not taking off, it's not doing anything. Finally, we come up into here 
we have the breakout, we retest, and then we we head higher. So it, a, a V reversal will, a lot of times, sometimes it won't even retest, but it, you'll see what will happen is you'll come in, you'll set in your cup and handle, you'll come back to neutral. You'll either continue to break out and then you can set your price pattern target in for the next level, or it'll come up and then retest and then go. But you can see that playing out on the shorter term charts. I guess that's my point. If you go back and look at past market outlooks, we talk about reversals and monitoring. And even we do this in the pro membership too, right? We monitor the reversal. And if you're monitoring the reversal, you know you know where it stops. You know where it's going to keep going. I mean, you don't know ahead of time for sure which way it's necessarily going to go. But again, um, also, I'd like to point out too, when the market comes down really, really hard, into a major support level, you're probably going to get a V bounce, right? So we have this here and we come down into a, uh, this was a fairly significant level on the SPX, come down to this level, you tend to get the more aggressive bounces off of that. So big down moves into a major support level, you're going to get usually V reversals, big bounces. The more mild, normal price pattern target coming into price pattern target in a sideways market, you're going to tend to usually get a little bit more sideways. Hopefully that answers that. I mean, basically it's just monitoring it and doing that. And you're also doing that intraday too. Like if I break a support level on my daily chart and I'm looking at my 15 minutes, I'm looking for how the market's looking like it's going to bottom. And when it's bottoming, if it's going to reverse or not, you kind of look at it there and, uh, and you kind of see that. Okay. So that's my thought on the SPX. All right, let me just quickly run over some other stuff because we're running late here. So um, we want to look at our other indexes. Our NDX, what happened here? And this is an, an, another example of this, right? We came in, we had our primary downtrend line. We broke primary downtrend line. We had a previous uptrend line. Um, and we have horizontal resistance sitting here. This That makes this here in particular a high probability reversal point right in this range. We have we have a horizontal level here that's important. As a matter of fact, if I look this out, it'd probably come out right to this level. Uh, we have a diagonal resistance area we're coming into. We broke our, and this is the market reversing, right? We break our downtrend line. We come up to a, Diagonal resistance, again, I'm looking for a compilation of evidence. This is also a horizontal resistance. This makes this a very high probability reversal area. The most likely place it's going to reverse to is going to try and retest trend line down in here. That's It stopped a little high. That doesn't mean it's going to go down here, but I'm looking for a reversal off this area, and I'm putting my risk up in here. When the market, or if I'm in a neutral, more neutral trade, I'm allowing a little bit of excess negative delta up here. And we get the bounce back down into here. I'm allowing, as the market pulls down into this level, I'm allowing the trade more positive delta in the position so that I can take advantage of the bounce. Okay. So instead of being flat here and then having a problem when the market goes down and being flat here and having a problem when the market goes up with your delta, I'm slightly negative up in here. I'm pushing my negative limits. I'm pushing my positive limits out here. And that way, rather than being down money, I end up being up money. And it makes the trade go a lot smoother 
make money faster and so forth. Okay, but this, you can see how, how that plays out. So here we would expect a bounce or not the market not to go much lower than here. And when it, if it goes up, it's probably gonna retest this, um, this 128, uh, this 12, 12, 8, 12, 9 area in here. Okay, again, we want to see if what's going on in the other indexes is also in this index. And you'll notice in the SPX, if the SPX goes back down and tests 3,900, this is going to be right at trend line here. And that's going to be a very high probable buy area, at least for the short term. If we bounce early, you can watch where the SPX goes up into. You know, it's going to probably try and retest backside of trend line. We'll see if the, we have a companion level on the NDX that we could play with that. Okay, that's how you 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 also do cross index analysis, which is also going to help determine whether you're going to get a V reversal or not. So it, what you're going to find out is everything comes into play, everything goes together. If I'm getting a V reversal in the SPX, that's going to follow through. It's not going to happen at a time when the NDX is in a flat sideways range or at a resistance point where it's just not going to go any higher. The, 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 a V-reversal is going to act in unison across the indexes. Okay, so you can watch the other patterns too on the other index for further evidence that we're going to V-reversal and continue up or if we're going to maybe consolidate sideways. And then we have the Dow here. You can see the, the breakdown in the Dow here on Tuesday. Again, further evidence that we're going down. We're talking about the Dow's kind of in this sideways range. And the Dow led the breakout. Okay, so if you've been watching Market Outlook, we saw the Dow was the strongest when it came to breaking out of its downtrend lines and so forth. It, it, it was the first one to break out. It behaved a certain way. It came, it broke out, it retested downtrend line, it came up, it came up into our resistance level, it kind of held and went to a sideways range. We talked about that's how what the Dow did. This is what the SPX is going to do. This is what the index is going to do. In other words, across the indexes, we knew they're doing it and they're just kind of following the same process in order. And if you are familiar with the, what the charts did for the Dow to run to the sideways range, you're also going to see that play out over and over again but you'll see it play out in the SPX, you see it play out in the other indexes also, and the same thing happening here. And then we have our Russell that we look into. Russell's almost a little bit bearish here. So again, this goes a little bit with cross index. We have our, I see the primary level here in the Russell at about 1900. And we did kind of break under that level less. Last week, notice we broke trend line here. This is our uptrend line here. We broke trend line here on Tuesday. We retested the backside of trend line, trend line here on Thursday. We broke back down a little bit on Friday. So this is fairly normal behavior. Again, you'll see this play out over and over again. Um, if we run into our short-term trade, short-term charts, which is – one of the things you want to do, right? This is our general zone. I would call of support on my short-term chart. And if I just push this out to end date here of March 1st, we kind of see we're a little bit broken underneath that level here. But with the other indexes, 
what's going we want to keep an eye on what's going on with the other indexes and having clues this was a clue this move here on last tuesday was a clue that the other indexes were going to continue down you also saw it on the dow on tuesday we we, we had a break of a horizontal uh, short-term horizontal area on the dow we had uh, breaks in the other assets also basically telling us that we're probably going to continue down for or a little bit further down in the during the week which we did um, but we didn't break any major levels that's going to freak anybody out. So chances are, like I said, we're going to reverse in the zone that we thought in the SPX. Looks like as of the futures, looks like that's actually happening. Um, I would watch, like I said, downtrend, uptrend lines. So if we bounce, we'll probably, in the Russell, if I go back to the daily, we'll probably bounce to the backside of this line. We'll want to see how the market reacts to that. If it reacts negatively and breaks the low, then we're and the other indexes confirm that, then you know we're going down to our next level. If we break uh, uptrend line and close solidly above and the other indexes confirm that, then we're almost certainly going to run up into this area here. And then if we do the normal thing and we bounce back off it and then kind of range sideways, and that basically tells us we're likely going to stay in more of a sideways range going forward. Okay. Now, if we go to our implied volatility, is our implied volatility bullish, bearish? What is it? Uh, I'm going to look at the IRVX. We got a down move last week. Implied volatility went up a little bit on Tuesday, but it pretty much flattened out for the week. That is not overly bearish. So um, if you think you're getting a bearish breakdown in the marketplace, you can kind of refer back to your applied volatility and see what see what that's doing to, to confirm your thoughts or to or or not right if, if they don't um, confirm but this is not um, bearish right implied volatility also also always has to be taken in context with the market movement we got this fairly severe pretty severe down move in the market on uh, Tuesday. Fly volatility went up as it should be expected, but it didn't freak out and then it kind of leveled right off um, after that. So again, not overly bearish. And then the VIX was the same thing. We got a bit of a, a move here. As a matter of fact, actually on, if you look at this, uh, let's see, this was actually Tuesday. We had that big down move in the SPX Tuesday. We actually had a, a drop in our base implied volatility level, which is which is not, again, not bearish in the marketplace. And we actually dropped out pretty much the rest of the week. So that's not bearish. And then if we look at our implied volatility skew curves here, or our term structure, you can see on the 17th, which was a week ago Friday, we're at 21 implied volatility, we're in contango 3.3%. With a, with a down move, you would expect an increase in implied volatility for the week. You would expect this to go towards backwardation for the week. And you can see we did get that, right? We went from 21, 21.2 to 22.1. Very minor increase in implied volatility in context of what happened. Um, also, our term structure, 3.19 to uh, 3.3 to 3.19 went a little bit towards backwardation, as would be expected with the down move. But 
it was very, very mild, right? And we talked about this in the past. From the implied volatility market is not concerned about this down move. Again, we're going to get a bit of a rise, a little bit of a push into backwardation. But if they were concerned about the move, they were really concerned about the move, that wouldn't have went from 21 and a half to or where they had this very little increase. It would have had it would have been up to 24, right? And you would have gone into backwardation. That that's the market that's panicked. That's the implied volatility market that's panicked. That's a, that's that's likely to to go down and and it's confirming the down move. The implied volatility market is not confirming the down move. So the it's showing you can tell that the market's going down with the implied volatility, but it's not certainly not not a panic. And basically it's telling you that they're waiting for buy points. And when they hit that buy point, they're probably going to buy it. Okay. So that's um that's what we have for um, the market outlook. I have one more question here, which I'll answer, which is not related to market outlook whatsoever, but um, I'll talk about that in a moment. And um, so that's our thoughts, right? So probably a bit of a bounce here. And, and again, I would expect sideways chop, minor running of resistance and support points. And um, this is this back and forth movement, which is generally good for a lot of the market neutral guys, not so good necessarily for um, our directional guys. Okay. So this is a question here is, do you have any strategies on ESPX using zero DTE? I mean, we do trade zero DTE. We have pro members that trade zero DTE on the SPX. I don't, I, I would not do a non-subjective zero DTE strategy uh, and expect it to last for a long period of time. I mean, there, there's plenty of them out there. They're all over the place. And again, they're going to work in certain contexts, certain environments. And, and we happen to be recently in one of those better environments. You're much better off if you understand the short-term price movement and you can do your zero DTE in a direction or in a range if, if you can leg into it and so forth. So um, so yeah, so we play a lot with zero DTE stuff. I don't have any zero DTE stuff that we sell publicly. Okay, but we expect we we have a lot of traders who do that in like the pro membership and who I coach personally. All right, so that's what we have. Thanks everybody for joining our market outlook open house and for the open house members, and thanks everybody else too for joining us and trade well. We'll see you uh, go members on the meeting at nine thirty. Talk soon.